preparation for uh, today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Happy Mother's Day once again. For those who just arrived, please claim your gift uh, with the ushers. This is a different Mother's Day because the theme was eclipsed by all things political. Yet, Happy Mother's Day to, to everyone. And if you want to stay a little longer later, to those who have not satisfied their decision or they have not made up their mind. You may do so later and I will engage you while trying not to reveal my position, but I will try to ask you the hardest questions to try to filter what you think. And I think that is missing. Um, social media is filled with e basta without clear reasoning. I mean, if we are going, becoming a nation that does not adhere to clear reasoning, that is a sad thing. But at least in our church community, we must grow in wisdom and knowledge according to God's word. Today, a message I give to you with no intention to match it on Mother's Day. Remember, I just make sermons according to what's next. The title of today's message is Bewitched. Well, I had a reaction last night from my daughter, whose birthday it is today, together with Christine, I believe is also her birthday. I said, you have a, a sermon titled Bewitched on my birthday? Uh, she was just making fun of me. I said, no intention, definitely. But that's the word that Paul used to those who believed in a distorted gospel. You see, these Judaizers who came to South Galatia were not saying they don't believe in the resurrection. They were not saying that Christ did not die. They sort of believed in that, yet they were saying... But to complete your salvation, you must be under the law, and the first step is to be circumcised. And Paul was, we can say, very passionate. I almost said adamant, but to the safer word, is so passionate. And he put his mind and emotion into writing this letter in... Say, in pulling no punches, let him be cursed to those who preach another gospel, which is not really another gospel, but they seek to disturb you. 
And these Judaizers, aside to prove their point, tried to malign Paul as an apostle, questioned his authority. So Paul had to make a defense of him as himself as an apostle to give credibility to his message. And the message as well that he was saying, Peter confirmed this twice. Yet I even rebuked him when he acted not accordingly. Now he's not yet done telling the Galatians, why did you believe such a thing? He was not yet done. That's why if we look in verse 1, let's look at verse 1. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. May I remind you that Paul told the story of the incident in Antioch where he corrected Peter for not standing up for the gospel truth. Peter distanced himself from the Gentile believers when certain men from Jerusalem arrived. So Peter was fellowshipping with the Gentiles. What God has made clean through faith in Christ, he has to see them as clean. Because for the Jew, Gentiles or non-Jewish people are unclean people that they should not fellowship with. They should be careful to be one with them. And there were those among the first believers who may not have fully understood, yet there was a transition phase in the early church. Is the gospel just for the Jewish people all around the world? Because in the time of Babylon and Persia, they were all around the world, and they may have interpreted to proclaim the gospel to all nations or make disciples of all nations, they may have interpreted it in such a way that they have to make disciples of the Jewish people scattered all over the world. But they realize as you study the book of Acts how the gospel from the Jews crossed over to the Gentiles. And Paul was as well supporting that. But Peter was pressured, so to speak. Experienced some social pressure when those from James, from Jerusalem, came, he separated himself from the Gentiles. It's like saying, well, I won't associate with you because people who think you're unclean, they're here. So I have to also. But Peter influenced others, not only other Jewish believers, but including Barnabas. Therefore, Paul rebuked him. And then Paul proceeded to explain to the Galatians that justification is not by being Jewish by law. Justification is by faith in Christ. After which Paul would once again express his disappointment by calling the Galatians foolish and asking a series of rhetorical questions. What's a rhetorical question? a question that the, which the answer is obvious. It's rhetorical. A person is not asking because he doesn't know the answer. He's asking to make people think of the obvious answer. So my first point, Paul asked, who bewitched you? Paul called the Galatians foolish for entertaining a distorted gospel. Who has bewitched you? 
Ano yung Tagalog? Sino gumayuma sa'yo? No. That's, I think, one of the jokes I hear here in Naga to those who married uh, Nagueño. Saan ka na nakatira? Nagayuma ako eh. No. And I heard that more than once. So, I think my wife's claiming that. Nagayuma siya. Uh, what does that mean? Somebody deceived you, manipulated you, or supernaturally threw a spell at you, bewitched. Of course, Paul may not necessarily mean that these are witches, but they manipulated you, they deceived you into believing something that you should not believe in, which was a distorted gospel. Now, they heard Jesus was crucified. That was what Paul was saying. But you still believed. So he was saying, who bewitched you? He, know who. he knew who. It was those Judaizers who came. He knew who. But why did you believe? Because again, Paul is consistent with his argument that what? No addition to the gospel. The gospel must be pure. So don't think it's all the same. With a little change here, a little change there, they're all the same. No, they're not all the same. And that is what we must fight for until today. Because a little addition here, a little distortion there. It may not be the gospel that they were preaching in the New Testament. Thus, I ask people, can you read it again line by line? The New Testament, line by line once again. And follow exactly. And look, study it by context as well. And then compare what we do now. Which is, there were a lot of distortions. Now, the Galatians heard the gospel of the crucified Christ, and they should not make it meaningless by pursuing righteousness by the law. Remember, Paul said that he does not want to nullify what Jesus did if he, and he would if he followed the works of the law. Well, nobody can nullify what Jesus said, but he was saying as if I'm treating his death and resurrection as nothing if I believe it's about good works of the law. That's why if you hear people, when you share the gospel, their response to you, I'm not such a bad person. I do even good stuff. No, clearly they don't understand the gospel. Because the gospel condemns everybody who sinned, and that's everybody. And the good news of the gospel is you are justified not by catching up with good works, not by piling up your good works, but by genuine faith in who Christ is and what he has done. It's you being invested in that. And Paul will explain that these good works or good character comes about if you truly have faith in Christ. But if you try to do it alone... Obeying the works of the law, he calls that working in the flesh. You're working in your own strength, and you can't do it. Ha, go ahead. Try to be as good as you want. Try to have more good works than the sins you commit. And I tell you, if you just believe the law, you've sinned. If you just believe the gospel, you've sinned. Ha, just try putting a lot of points there and catching up with your sin, you won't catch up. Because the heart of man is continually evil since the fall. What we need is continuous grace in Christ to bow down and seek forgiveness.
That's why when one of these young dudes, young ruler, approached Jesus Christ, he said, good teacher. And even Jesus was trying, he recognized the pride in this man, and he said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. See, even Christ was showing an example to his disciples. Why do you call me good? And what may I do to have eternal life? Well, sell, well, follow the commandments. And the pride in this man said, I have done all the commandments. Oh, finally, somebody who is perfect. When you say commandments, it's not just the ten. It's the law of Moses. Well, somebody's too proud to say they've perfected it. They said, really? Now sell everything you have, then you follow me. Now, he never said that to everybody. Everybody. But to this proud young man, he had to say that. That's why it's not good to point to each of us, he's a good man. No, we are wretched men saved by grace. Is that, is that clear? Is that clear? We are wretched sinners. Should we not do good works? No, our, our faith should lead us to do good works. But good works is not the basis of the salvation. Nor should we be proud that we do good. Some wave it like a flag. I have done good. Look, look, follow my example. I've done good. No, I'm a sinner. I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. As somebody who is guilty, who needs him. Of course, we must grow in holiness. We must grow in character. But that is a result as we keep having faith in him. Should Paul be writing to us and say, Oh, foolish nagwenyos. Believing in a distorted gospel. Instead of just proclaiming the gospel, what is that? What should you believe in? What Jesus said in Luke 24, 46 to 47. That's very clear. You're witnesses of these, these things. Well, that the Christ should suffer and die and rise again on the third day. And proclaim repentance for forgiveness of sins to all the nations. You have to believe in that. We have to have faith in that. Now, how is a person saved? If you say by accepting him through a repeat after me sinner's prayer, isn't that a little distortion? Why don't you just say, believe in his suffering and death because of our sin, his resurrection, means he defeated death. He defeated sin because he had no sin. He's alive forevermore and he calls us to repent for the forgiveness of sins. Why don't you say that? He said, do this. Then what do you do? You follow the most popular teacher who taught you some seminar in evangelism because they quoted little verses you didn't bother to countercheck it. And for all these years, you've been practicing that. 
Oh, foolish Naguenos. Should Paul write that? How is a person saved by doing good, improving their morality? Oh, foolish Naguenos. Who has bewitched you? By becoming more religious. Oh, foolish Naguenos. If good works were enough, he didn't have to die. There was no need to satisfy the justice of God if good works were enough for somebody's salvation. If that were enough, no need to die. But he had to. Because good works does not cut it. Does not save anyone. The law will not save anyone. But the Jews believed in Moses and the law. Hopefully not. Oh, foolish Naguenos. Oh, put your name there. Oh, foolish Galatians. Oh, foolish Eduardo. Who has bewitched you? So we need to reflect. Am I? Do I believe in the accurate gospel? Or a little distortion of it? Self-reflect. Next point, spirit versus flesh. Now, Paul asks again, more rhetorical questions. Of course, the Holy Spirit came through faith and not the law. Once again, he called them foolish and asked if they were moving from the spirit to the flesh. What's the flesh characterized by the law? The flesh is not only what uh, the sins of the flesh, like adultery or fornication. The flesh is also about just trying to be good. And not against being good, but good works does not save. Now, uh, verse 2, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Of course, the answer is by hearing with faith. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected in the flesh, by the flesh? Why are you moving from here to here? Now, he tried to draw on their personal experience of their suffering because of the gospel. Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So he was explaining, did the miracles come? The things that you experience. Those answered prayers, how? Is it by faith or the works of the law? Of course, the answer is by faith. Paul reminded them of their suffering and asked if they suffered in vain. He asked if the miracles in their lives came because they adhered to the law or because of their faith. Again, it is through faith, it is by faith. Now, faith is not some... You believe in information or that Jesus Christ died and rose again. Even the demons believe that. But we say faith here is like when the context of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's not a belief that is shallow belief because if you look at the context, those who do not believe do the deeds of darkness. It means if you truly believe, you turn away from the deeds of darkness. 
means you admit your sin and with all your heart you turn away because you believe. It's a belief that you believe in what he said with all your heart. You believe him more than yourself. More than your foolish self. Man is so proud about his own opinions until he suffers again and again and he is humbled and then he begins trying to learn from others. Ah, but in terms of the divine things, many will try to repent on judgment day, but it's too late. Many will try. Forgive me, Lord. You should have said that before, when you were alive now. And some say, I'll repent before I die. Oh, just like the thief on the cross. He believed and Jesus said, you will be with me today in paradise. I like that. So I'll do all the sin today and at the end of my life, I will be like him. <laughs> Many have actually thought that way. But then life can be taken from you suddenly. Just suddenly. And if you're truly insincere, God would see through that. Don't you think so? But Lord, they told me all I had to do was repeat this prayer. To accept you by re repeating this prayer. That's all. Why am I judged? Because you're already judged. Faith and righteousness, my third point. Paul would bring Abraham into the discussion. First, he appealed to their personal experience about did the miracles come because of faith or because of the law? He asked rhetorical questions. Now he's appealing to them through scripture. And now he brings Abraham into the picture. And we will discuss more about Abraham in the next sermon. Of faith and righteousness. Paul would bring Abraham into the discussion. Abraham is the patriarch of the nation. Abraham believed in God and his promises, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Verse 6, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. I think other translation says it was imputed to him. It was placed upon him as righteousness. Just as Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, the law came through Moses, but Moses was not born yet during Abraham's time. That's why Abraham was not made righteous because of his belief in the law. Not because he obeyed the law, but because he believed in the promise of God. Thus, the Galatians should understand that it is through faith, not the law. Application number one, never be deceived. False teaching is present in every generation. Major or minor gospel distortions may happen at any moment. Let us not allow anyone to deceive us by knowing the gospel as revealed in Scripture. Moreover, let us protect the flock from false teaching. Let us prevent major or minor distortions of the gospel. Let us not grow lazy nor show loyalty to people above the gospel. 
If we put people first, we might easily fall into error. If we put ourselves first. If we have been preaching a distorted gospel, the first thing you do is to repent, not justify. Not justify what you said. You'd rather say, I wish I were more accurate then. Lord, forgive me. So don't be lazy. Defend the gospel. But then don't be loyal to people. Don't be loyal to me. The gospel is higher than everybody else. That was Peter that Paul rebuked. In the church, he wasn't a nobody. He was Peter. Apostle. One who lived with Christ, was with Christ for around three years. He saw the resurrected Christ. He was in the inner circle. Ah. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter who you are. The gospel is the gospel. Nobody is above it. If I preach a distorted gospel, do not defend me, rebuke me. If somebody you love, a pastor, a shepherd, a growth group leader, a missionary, now you realize it, there was some distortion, do not defend it. Never be deceived. How are you not deceived? How can we not be deceived? I remember a story about detecting fake money. They said the training for agents to detect fake money is they're locked into a room and for many, many hours or even days, they are surrounded by real money. They smell it, they taste it, they touch it. Everything, five senses type. Real money. They study the real money so that when they touch or smell or feel fake money, they know it's not real. The training wasn't detecting all the false money. The training was knowing the truth, the real money, to detect the false money. How can you not be deceived? Context study. We are contextual students of Scripture. Don't be lazy. Don't just pick up a book and I'll teach my growth group because of this book. Don't be lazy. We're trying to mentor you. Listen! Listen! And counter-check if you wish. Counter-check us if you wish. But don't be lazy. We must protect. Faith in Christ. The Holy Spirit and genuine faith cannot be separated. Where there is genuine faith, the Holy Spirit is there to regenerate and save. Let us not expect the Holy Spirit to regenerate without genuine faith. Some preach more on miracles, and you'll see the theme of their sermons, some of them on YouTube or TV. It's all about the blessing. It's all about these things. It's about how to be healed, how to be rich, how to be blessed, instead of what? the faith in the true gospel. And they neglect the other parts. Oh, you will be persecuted if you believe in the true gospel. If you proclaim the true gospel, you won't be that popular. 
Our focus should be on proclaiming the accurate gospel. We trust that the Holy Spirit will do his work in his way and in his time. So our, our job is to proclaim the gospel. It is not our job to save people because we cannot save people. We have to keep proclaiming the gospel. <clears throat> and lastly, proclaim faith and righteousness. Paul mentioned that Abraham believed and it was counted as righteousness. Thus, we should believe and proclaim that righteousness comes through faith in Christ and what he did. Take note, as revealed in Scripture. As revealed in Scripture. Abraham lived a life believing in God and his promises. Not by the law of Moses. The law of Moses has not yet existed. Thus let us believe God's promises in Christ. Not in false gospels. Not in false good news. It's very simple. The suffering death of Christ to satisfy the justice of God. God is a just God. If he did not satisfy the justice of God, then God will be an unfair God. Justice must be served. And God made a way through Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, as a replacement for the guilty. For that was part of his law. And that was reflected in the Old Testament where an innocent animal must die for the sin of the one who sacrificed. Somebody who has nothing to do with their sin must take their place. So Christ, the Lamb of God, takes the place of all who truly have faith in him. We have to believe that and we have to proclaim that. And take note, we have to live that. Remember what Paul said? I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the faith and the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me and who loved me. I am crucified with Christ. I, Eduardo, no longer live. The life I live, I must live by faith in the Son of God. So we allow the Christ life to live, the gospel to be manifested. And it takes a lifetime. I feel sometimes my flesh take over and say, Lord, forgive me. And every day I say, I want to live the Christ life. Not the Eduardo life, but the Christ life. To manifest in me how every day by faith in him, in the gospel. Whatever morality I have comes from him. Whatever good works I have comes from my faith in him. Not because I did good works and I can tell the world, look what I have done. You should do the same way too, you know? Huh? Don't you know who I am and what I do? You don't do anything. You do what I do. When you hear that, stay away. Stay away. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. I hope you get that. Because the world has a different way of doing things. Oh, you feel bad? You did something wrong? Oh, don't believe that. No. They give you self-esteem and say, you're not such a bad person. The gospel would say, yeah, yeah, yep, you're right. You're bad and you're feeling exactly what you should be feeling. <laughs> now, let me tell you the good news. There is forgiveness. And you cannot earn it. It's given. You have to have faith. Yes. 
So are you good? Are you a good person? You're not sure? If you're good, live your life. You don't need Christ. You think you're good? How good are you? Versus the sins you've committed. Let's do a tally. I can do a qualitative interview, even a quantitative one. We list down the sins you commit per day. Write a notebook, but, but you have to know what sin is. Sexual sins is a sin. If it's not your spouse you're thinking about. What else? Uh, lying, cheating, gossip. Uh, what else? Huh? Homosexuality is a sin. Uh, what else? Uh, hatred is a sin. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh gee. Uh, there's a list. Uh, now what have you done good yesterday? Joining the rally isn't one of them. It's a democratic exercise, sure. How many? So, so you help the poor once, twice? How many times you do that in a year? <laughs> That's not the way it works. You help somebody in need, great. You think you get righteous points? No, no, you're still guilty. The one who is guilty of crime is still guilty no matter what he has done for society. A murderer might try to ease his conscience by, by helping others. That person's still guilty. No matter what you do, what we do, we're still guilty. So where does that bring us? Humility before Christ. Forgive me, Lord. I need you. By your grace, I turn away from my sin. And I believe in you. Believe in what you said. I believe in your word. I believe your suffering, death, and resurrection. So I give you now a poem entitled, Don't Be Foolish. So bewitched, and under the spell, easily fell from the gospel. Why so foolish? Why so foolish? Gentiles acting to be Jewish. With faith in Christ, the Spirit came. For Jews and Gentiles, just the same. Due to the message we proclaim, as the Father wills, we exclaim. Listen well. Abraham believed. Counted righteousness. By faith he lived. Righteousness comes by faith alone. Those who do, he does not disown. Let's not fall into deception. Make sure there is no exception. Otherwise, call yourself foolish, lazy, gullible, and trendish. Watch the stubborn and the hard-headed. True gospel must be defended. Let's protect the community aiming for gospel unity. Let us all rise and let us pray. Father, thank you for this morning. We thank you for this letter. We thank you for this discourse. And Paul is not yet done. In every angle he takes to defend the position of the gospel. 
in the minds of the Galatians. So protect our minds as well as we study scriptures. May we understand the gospel he preached, the gospel that even Peter affirmed, that even at such time that Peter was not consistent, he was corrected by Paul. Teach us to have that same standard when it comes to the gospel. To truly believe and defend it with full conviction. Yet understanding every aspect of it, as Paul now teaches us about Abraham, as we discuss next week, make it clear to us that it is through faith. Through faith in him, not by our good works. And with deep conviction may we live this, not still living as ourselves, but as Paul had mentioned, I am crucified with Christ. Living the Christ life, living by faith in him and his word. And may we find freedom there. And we thank you that we are free from, free from the law, the curse of the law. Thank you, Lord. That we are not required the ceremonies of the law. That we are not required to be under Moses. Although you move us to do what is right and what is good. Yet we know it's not because we are under Moses. It's because we have faith in you. We turn away from sin. Not because we were under Moses, but because we have faith in you. We follow your word, not because we feel we have to, but we cause because we have faith in you. And teach us to enjoy this freedom in Christ. The freedom to simply have faith and live the Christ life. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you. And uh, happy Mother's Day.